Hey everyone, Kayla Louise here, and welcome to my podcast, Wide Open, where we talk about women's health, relationship, sex, trauma, overcoming hardship, building a life that truly feels like your own, and basically anything we damn well feel like. We look to open up a dialogue that promotes healing and growth for women, and honestly, anyone who's listening. On today's episode, I'm going to open up my personal journals and share with you examples of how I use journaling for my mental health and my healing journey. This time, it's me getting wide open in my second solo podcast. Let's dive in. Hey guys, so welcome back to my show. I am going to do another solo pod with you guys today. I've been just diving into my deep thoughts on the daily and just thought, you know, it's time to just start putting them out into the universe because what's the point of them being in my head? So I'm just going to do kind of like a short podcast today. We're not going to dive into anything super heavy and we're not going to be interviewing anyone, but I would like to start talking a little bit more about the personal mental health side of things in my life and some of the tools that I've used to help me get to where I am today. Of course, this is an ongoing journey, and I want it to always be something that we continue to learn and grow with um, as the time goes on, because everything does change. And this is a journey, not just for me, but for anyone in my life, anyone who's listening, anyone who comes to this podcast, every story, every piece of information um, is not set in stone, but it is important. Okay, so what I thought the topic would be for today, being that I've been starting to do this a little bit more in my life, it's been at least in the last two years. Oh my gosh, it's crazy that it's been two years since I started doing this. It's been two years since I started doing this kind of work with myself. Um, it's gone by really fast. But in the midst of this learning also came one of the most, I hate to use that word, but the most traumatic experiences and relationships of my entire dating life. And it's uh, not something that I've yet talked about publicly. And I'm not going to dive into it today. Because it's just it's still unfolding for me. It's still I'm still in a process of unraveling what happened, processing it, making sense of it and compartmentalizing it, and then getting into the healing. So Um, For a long time, I had to actually just disconnect from it to maintain my own sanity. Um, But it is something that I've toyed with the idea. I would like to eventually hop on here or hop on another podcast and actually talk about my experience that I had because this is the point of this for me is it's to share these stories in hopes that someone else might not have to go through what I went through or what someone else on my show went through and if they did they have someone to connect with so besides or without getting into that story today I just wanted to go through a few of the things that I've been really starting to do in my life that I feel have started to help immensely for me and they aren't something that just happens overnight healing doesn't happen overnight and it is a process that we have to continue to work on so I actually also wanted to share with you guys um, that, and I know this is a podcast, so if you guys are just listening, you won't be able to see what I'm about to hold up, but I will share with you. I recently uh, became certified as a trauma-informed coach, 
So I'm hoping to start using this in some aspect, um, but I am still building on what I want to do with it. But that being said, I really find the trauma side of life very fascinating um, because it's everyone has it. Everyone goes through traumatic things. Everyone processes trauma differently. And I really do believe that if we notice these things early on in someone's lifetime or, or handle the traumatic event with care when it happens, we have a better chance of regaining our control and our sense of self and our happiness back later in our lives. So we're also not going to go too much into trauma today. Just trying to give a little bit of a backstory of why I'm going to do this podcast today. Um, but this is going to give you guys a little bit of an idea of what I've been starting to do or what I've been doing and really diving into recently um, with my healing process. Okay, so I'm going to talk about my journaling. And I've talked a little bit about it on my Instagram before, but I'm going to go into it today in a little bit more detail of why I journal and how it's been really beneficial for me in my life. So I've always been a writer. I've always been someone who's wrote songs, poetry. It's how I get myself to work through my thoughts. Um, Pen to paper is just, it's my therapy. It's not for everyone, but it's also a skill that you can learn if it hasn't been your therapy that can maybe be a tool that you can then use for therapy. So I will show you guys, I have, and again, if you're just listening to this, you're not going to be able to see, but I have in front of me four journals that are, some of them have more in them than others. So these are like my four, I would say three main journals. One of them is kind of just an extra that I started writing in, probably because I didn't have my main one, but there is something in it that's kind of interesting that I found. So let's say my main three journals, I've got my my main journal, which um, I just do like everyday life stuff. Um, I talk about relationships, how I'm feeling during the day. Um, a lot of it is painful stuff too, because it's a lot when I go through relationships that are going through, when I'm going through things in relationships, I go to my journal and I write it out. And so it can be hard sometimes going through and, and rereading the, these things, but it's also, so I'll tell you guys why I do this. For one, it helps me collect my thoughts and get them onto paper because sometimes what you're feeling in that moment isn't what you're going to feel like tomorrow. But it's also, for me, been a really good way to go back and reflect on the relationships that went poorly in my life and to start, like, now I'm starting to recognize patterns that I may not have recognized before because I didn't have all this backlog to, like, go through. And I didn't have the awareness yet to just start like piecing it all together. So I really actually do go through and read some of my old stuff as hard as it can be, but it makes me, it helps me just like piece together these patterns and recognize things that I now want to stop. The other journal that I have is my health check journal. So this one is something I started I guess a year and a half ago, I started this one specifically because I had some health problems that happened. And I just found that writing all about my day and my health in one big lump sum was just too much. And so I started doing a point form of kind of everything that I was feeling that day 
and it's not every day, but it's, you know, it could be weekly, it could be monthly. So just for like an example, how I've, how I've organized it lately is I have sections on the page and one is skin. So if I have skin rashes, which I tend to get often, eczema type rashes, I've had back rashes, spinal, like through my spine, on the back of my neck, I currently have one, I get bad eczema in my ears. Um, just any sort of rash skin condition I always put on here. Then I have aches, so lower back, I have chronic lower back pain. So that one kind of, it never goes away, but I notice the fluctuation. And this is also, I'll tell you guys this, especially if you're a woman, this is extremely important if you don't understand your cycle. Uh, when I was a young girl, I didn't actually correlate my mood with my cycle. And for a very, very long time, I was, I do believe there may have been depression as well, but there was a moment in my life where I actually thought I was bipolar because I had such extreme mood swings. And as I started writing them out, I started noticing that they always came monthly. And then I started piecing that with my cycle. And that's when it really, like, it took me over 27 years to piece all this together. Like nobody explained this to me. Nobody showed me how to do this. Nobody even told me that it's possible that your cycle could be messing that much with your hormones. And it, it is, it's hormonal changes. Um, so I kind of self-diagnosed myself with bipolar and then unself-diagnosed myself with like, I, it's just funny how it all happened, but it, it all started really when I started journaling and connecting the dots. So my lower back pain definitely flares up during my cycle and then it can ramp back down. So that's something that I just, it helps me kind of helps me figure out what I'm going to do during a week, how heavy I'm going to work. if I'm going to take on extra shifts. So that's been a help. I've got digestion in here. Um, I've got heart. So for a while I was having bad heart palpitations and um, my father recently went through open heart surgery. So I really wanted to start writing down um, things to do with my heart because as much as I don't think it'll come to me, like it, it's likely not genetic, there is also a chance that it is genetic. So it's something, and I was noticing some pretty weird heart murmurs and things for a while. Um, I've got my ears cause I've had really bad ear eczema. Uh, and then I write down my diet, my stress level. And then if I'm taking any medication, which I don't usually, but I did start on Wellbutrin at one point. And I just, I always like to start noting how the medication makes me feel and like dry mouth, sleep, insomnia. Uh, I think it's really important again, to document and write in a diary when you start medication and how you're feeling through it. Um, and then I also have like side notes that I had a massage and I wore my night guard, my night guard to bed and how much gym time I did. So little things like that. And then my third journal, which I just started more recently and I haven't been on it as much, but this is where I'm starting to do my intentions and my gratitude. And that one is, it's like, again, this is like tales all this time. I've been doing this one for a long time. Um, this one was like implemented a year and a half ago with my health and recognizing patterns in my health. 
and now I'm doing the gratitude one. So it's like I'm starting to layer all these new things that I've been learning. And it's really kind of cool how the trauma never goes away, but it really does become more manageable. Your window of tolerance becomes easier. And the one thing I was noticing, especially with myself, is that if I didn't have it written down, I would forget. So like, for example, if I said, I am really happy that I have a job, (laughs) something similar to that. And then some days I am really happy. Happy I had a job. There's days when I'm so just, I can't get out of my head and everything's so negative. And then I open up my gratitudes and I read those and I remind myself that there was a day that I actually was just so happy that my job made me happy. So those sometimes are the big reminders you need to like look at on a piece of paper. And I think that is really important. So those are my journals. <laughs> I'm the crazy journal lady. Um, okay, so I'm going to go through um, my main journal. And I also write like, I write songs in here. I write honestly anything that comes to my head. So I have these weird notes and um, theories that I come up with, which I... I don't know. I actually love going back and reading my theories because then sometimes the psychologist comes out and states it as a public thing. And I'm like, hey, I was actually kind of smart on that one. Um, But for anyone who wants to know how I write, organize, manifest, this is kind of a dive into my personal journal. I'm not going to get too personal. But first off, I, I flagged a few things here. I wrote out my what I wanted in a lover and a life partner and I actually want to save some of these because I'm going to do a podcast with a couple of my girlfriends and we're going to actually talk a little bit about dating life and so I might actually read all these off in my dating life if anyone wants to know what I actually look for in a lover and a partner um but again it was like I wrote it out because every time I fall for the wrong guy I go back to this bad boy and I say, look, there are some key points missing. And I'm, and a lot of you are going to be like, oh, she's a list girl. Check the boxes. Yes and no. There are some things that I would say are my requires. And there's some things that I would say are my desires. And these things are kind of a mix, but I have stars next to the requires. And I think that is something that is important for you as a person to, to write down. Is this trait of a person something that you can live with, work with, negotiate with? Or is this like a hell no, like my life will be ruined if this person has this trait? That's understanding yourself though. You have to understand yourself to be able to write this list. So self-awareness is definitely the first step, but this is why journaling is so good because it helps you dive so deep into yourself and then you can write these lists with full authenticity and know that if you meet that person, you're going to know. And that kind of takes me into boundaries. So another thing that I wrote down heavily in the last year and a half were my boundaries. and what is a boundary? It's where you're not going to allow something to happen. It's it's creating a wall and a barrier for someone to come into your personal space, to disrespect a personal space, a, your body, your autonomy. 
boundaries are really key in life because if you don't have any of them, you're never going to know where that line is until it's crossed. And then when it's crossed, a lot of the times it's too late. And that's where trauma really starts to stem from. And, um, and as children, we don't know those boundaries because all we know is what our parents tell us and what we see are our peers. We haven't developed a strong sense of self. And so creating and defining boundaries and learning and exploring that is, is a really important thing. I think as you grow up and something you should work through and if you start to notice them, write them down. So I personally have a lot of um, sexual boundaries. Um, my A lot of my trauma stems from sexual abuse. And it's been since the time I was 15 for close to 15 years. Of, and not every year, <laughs> constant, but many times throughout the 15 years I encountered sexual abuse and other things that had to do with my sexual reproduction and my sexual health that caused me to have a lot of trauma around sex. And so I have very strong sexual boundaries that I had to write out because I realized that I was going in and continuing through life, allowing people to cross those boundaries, which was furthering my trauma. And that's like a deep thing that we could go so far into in itself, which we're not going to today, but it's just an example of why boundaries and defining them is really important. Because if I had known and maybe wrote them down and really, really worked on them myself, I might have saved myself more years of sexual assault and sexual abuse because I would have, it would have been more clear. And I'm not saying that even then it wouldn't have happened. It's, it's hard to say, but like the ability to say no, it like as a young girl learning to say no, when you are, I've been taught to say yes, or whatever the case is able and learning to say no is actually a skill that you have to learn for a lot of people. And so I should have been working on that a lot more clearly when I was younger and now it's something I'm working on heavily now. So, okay. So boundaries. So the next one that I have written out are my values. So what is a value? Well, according to the Oxford dictionary, values are a person's principles or standards of behavior. One's judgment of what is important in life. So my an example of some of my values and like what's important to me in life are family partnership respect loyalty trust my biggest value like my most important value is integrity and that's in the do as you say keep your word um authenticity oh like that one my core gut like if i ever get into the narcissistic relationship that I went through publicly, my gut was telling me and repelling the, uh, what would you say? Like the fakeness of this person without me even ever knowing, like I never knew the lies. I could, like they were so good, but my body actually rejected it before I actually knew that they were lying. So authenticity, integrity, major, major, uh, values for me. So that's something I would say really explore 
And let's see what else is in my trusty journal here. Um, there was a time when I, and this is also during my, my abusive, my crazy narcissistic relationship, um, that my ex and I started exploring shame and it was more supposed to be towards him. <laughs> we were working through his shame. Um, but it also made me start to reflect on my own shame and what shame meant to me and and how shame actually shaped my life as a young girl. Um, because going even back to the time that I was six years old, there was something that happened in my life that I felt such immense shame for that I think it triggered a, a bit of the snowball that led to a lot of the sexual abuse and sexual stuff that happened in my life and so it was very interesting to go back and start going through moments in my life where I felt shame but then also giving myself the ability to let that shame go and not hold on to it anymore so that was something that I felt um, was very interesting to explore so if you've never explored your shame something worth uh, writing out it is getting so hot in my house right now. Like, it, I just got this new stove, like a big stove put in, fire burning stove. And it's like, holy Christ. Um, normally it's so cold in here. So, anyways, one thing I am super grateful for is my new stove. And I did write that in my journal. Anyways. All right, now uh, let's see what else is in my journal. Oh, this one was good. This one I wrote back in July, 2021. And I wrote things I will get better at. And one of them was graciously receiving. And I think that's one of those things that we don't really recognize all the time, but it's actually really a beautiful thing if you can switch from that that person who's like, oh, no, 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 oh. and like denying when someone says oh you know I did this for you and oh no no I can't accept that and um because it's like we're almost programmed to like think that by accepting something we're being selfish or I don't know but I think it's also when you start to be someone who or if you are someone who is a giver and someone takes what you've just given them and and they're gracious about it that feeling for that person who gave you something is just so beautiful. And it's like allowing yourself to graciously receive can also give the other person a sense of gratitude. So graciously receiving was one of the things I wanted to get better at. Um, expressing my needs and wants. And this is extremely, extremely important. It is something I've really actually been practicing in all of my relationships. I wouldn't say it's always gone perfect because I'm still learning, but this is where I wrote down the requires and the desires. And I think these are conversations that you should have somewhat early on in a relationship because what you require in a relationship, you need to state that before you fall in love. I think like you need to really be sure that 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 person can, can give you the requires. So like, let me think of an example of one of my requires. A require in my relationship would be that a person is family orientated, meaning 
that they either have a really good relationship with their family or they have a really good relationship with my family. It's a, it's a big sign of, well, it goes along with my, my core values, which is family. Um, a desire would be like taller than me or that desire would be like, we both like to dirt bike and that, that would be great. But if I met someone who wasn't really into that, but encouraged me to be in that and we could negotiate or said like, hey, I might like to try it. You know, there that's like a desire where it's like, it's not, I wouldn't say I would never date someone because they don't dirt bike because that's, that's too much. Okay, what else do I have? Oh, the non-negotiables, which is kind of the requires and desires. Things I'll get better at, jealousy, self-esteem. I've always had self-esteem issues as a, as a young girl. Um, letting myself be a girl slash woman. And this is a big one for me because I grew up as such a tomboy in a very male dominated kind of, I don't know, like my dad's a commercial fisherman. I have two brothers. I was raised like a boy, but also like told I was a girl, which was very confusing as a child. You have to be, you, you have to do everything the boys do, but no, 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 wait, you can't do it because you're also a girl. Like it was just like, huh? So that's anyways, that's another story. <laughs> but I got, as I got older and it's like, I started realizing like, why don't I like to do my nails? Like, why do I reject this feeling of like, I, I shouldn't be putting on makeup. I shouldn't be looking pretty today. And it's all like, it's a stupid double standard that I'm not blaming my father because he's a brilliant, amazing man, but it was kind of like this double standard my dad put on me. And I, he, he loves me. He's an amazing man, but man, it really fucked with my head. So I'm at this point in my life where, and it, and it really flipped when I got into cheerleading, was like, you know, I want to be girly. Like, I'm going to let myself kind of be the damsel in distress once in a while. Like, I want to be like, hey, can you lift that for me? Like, I know I can, but do you want to do it for me? I don't know. Just like allowing myself to, to dive into my feminine more. And yeah, I wrote even down, allowing a man to help me, accepting help from others. Big one. Um, and then things I will get better at. This is a big one that I've been doing since I wrote this down, actually. And this is why we're having this conversation. And it's obtaining tools to better deal with hardship, loss, and things I cannot control. And honestly, I think that is everyone should be doing that in their life. I don't care who you are. If you don't have, if you're not equipped with tools to handle things that are out of your control, because let's be honest, there is going to be a time in your life that you're going to come up against something that is out of your control. You're going to lose a job. You're going to have your car break down. Your pet's going to get sick. Your mother's going to die you're going to get stage four cancer. Who knows what's going to happen in your life. And God forbid you get one of the shittiest of shitty ones. But it's a game of Russian roulette for all of us. Like we all get something. Something's going to happen. And if you live a beautiful life until the end, you're still going to die in the end. And it's, it's going to be a hardship. And I think we need to equip ourselves for what's going to happen because then it doesn't have to be so bad. I think there is still beauty in all the hardships. So yes, better equipping yourself, um, getting the skills. It's just like 
learning to ride a bike, doing the skills to get better at it. Um, so those are, that's a little example of things that I chose are things that I wanted to get better at back in July. And I would say I'm, I'm doing pretty good on most of those. I definitely have some work to do on a lot of them, but it's cool to read back and see, um, some of those things. And again, it's like, this is why I write it out so that I can reflect and say, Hey, am I actually making improvements? And do I need to start working on some of these again? So this is kind of a little bit of a, a weirder one. And this is, again, this is going through like that really awful relationship I went through. And I actually ended up writing down reasons why I should leave. And however, I wrote this down five, six months actually before the relationship ended, ended. And so if anyone's been in a, an abusive relationship, you know that you know it's bad for you long before it's over sometimes if you're a really really well-equipped woman who's done all this work you can leave that situation a lot earlier but a lot of the times you are going to end up going through that going through that relationship for a long time even after you know that it's bad for you so reading back on these things and rewriting them down over and over and over again for myself was one of the key factors that made me leave. And it was still very hard. So it is interesting because even when the door seemed like it was closed, when the dust settles, sometimes your mind forgets. It wants to look at all the good things that happen. And if I, I mean, this one was a, a little bit easier to c cut the cord, but with abusive relationships, it's very, very easy to go back to it. And I wanted to make sure that I wrote down every bad thing that he ever did to me because I did not want to have any of those good things come into my head and overshadow the unfathomable, malicious shit that he did to me. So if you've ever been in an abusive relationship, if you're in an abusive relationship, this is one of those things that I definitely, um, I definitely recommend doing to help you start the process of leaving. Okay. So, um, September 10th of 22, this one, I wrote out my 10 blessings. And again, these are, these are really, they're the gratitudes and they're, this is where the neuroplasticity comes in. It's retraining your brain. It's like, you know, the, when they say positivity, positive thoughts create positive action. And it's because if we keep building on the beautiful things in our lives, then like where we, how do we put it? Where we put the focus, where we put our energy, where we water the grass, that's where the grass is going to be the greenest. So I just think it's really good. Uh, we don't want to deny that there's stuff happening in our lives that's negative. We don't want to compartmentalize and bury and neglect the parts of us that the wounds that need healing. But during all that, we also really need to dose ourselves in the positives too. So it's kind of like, it's a dance. Healing is a dance and um, it can be beautiful. So allow yourself to also recognize the beautiful things and the blessings in your life, even if it's not always beautiful. Okay. Whew. My journaling is um, 
can be exhausting to say the least. What a story. What a story I have to tell. Um, more uh writing more about what I want in a relationship. Um I was dating a guy and I literally wrote out the pros and cons to help me decide if I was gonna stick around. One other thing I wanted to to talk about, and this has been a little bit more of a recent thing that I've been doing, and this is long time overdue for me. I am going on 33 and I've always known when my body is rejecting something. I know when a situation makes me feel sick to my stomach and I'm burning the candle and I shouldn't be there and I shouldn't, you know, allow this person into my life, but I do, or I shouldn't go out to that party, but I do. And I struggled a lot with not listening to my gut instincts and then regretting it. Probably a tale as old as time for many people. But my God, I just started thinking like, there's no one to blame but myself. Why I'm getting into these situations. Like you're 33 years old. Like I had to smack myself in the face and say, listen, girl, like it is time to make some changes because I don't want to keep cycling like this. And I don't want to keep falling into relationships. I don't want to keep bringing people into my life. I don't want to keep waking up in the morning feeling ill, like, what did I do last night? And I don't mean sexually because I don't, um, that's not me. Um, but I just mean like letting, allowing people into my space, even like just allowing someone to be in my space that made me feel so gross or giving time to someone or for something that didn't actually, that didn't actually benefit me for the, for the better. And so I really, what I, wanted to start doing and what I did the other day was I wrote out a list of things that make me feel really good and things that make me feel really bad and that sounds may sound really basic but again it was like I needed to physically write this out so that I was like look at it Kayla look at what you think is negative look at the things that make you feel sick to your stomach look at the people that you don't want in your life stop allowing it and every time I'd open up my Instagram and I'd start messaging that person that makes me feel sick. And I'm like, why am I doing this? Why am I allowing that energy back into my space? I look at my thing and say, nope, he's on the negative list. She's on the negative list. We're, we're not doing it anymore. And, and then I look at the positives and I say, you know, you're feeling like shit today. Go spend some time with your nieces. Go get some fresh air. Go outside. Go ride your bike. I had my list. It's like, it's like when our brain goes into, when our brain gets, what am I trying to say? When we go into our states of anxiety, for people who suffer from anxiety, your brain, your you know, conscious brain kind of shuts off and your, your fight, flight, or freeze response kind of hijacks and takes over. So you can't rationalize sometimes what is actually healthy for you like when you're tired when you're hungry when you're lonely when these core like when these basic human needs are not met our brains just kind of turn to mush and we can't put proper thought together and sometimes all we need is just a list just a list something to grab and say look like say you're a pilot and you're flying a plane and all of a sudden, the plane is going down. And you go, like, you've done this a million times. You know how it goes. 
you know the checklist, but you now can't think of the checklist of what to do to whatever, save the plane from going down. I'm not a pilot. That is why they have a checklist that you can grab and look at. Like seeing it list by list by list of what to do when you're in that state of mind that you can't comprehend proper thought. Um, you're giving yourself a checklist. You're giving yourself an emergency plan. And I think that's something that we all should kind of jot out is our anxiety emergency plan. What am I going to do when I'm starting to feel like this? Who am I going to call? What um, what am I going to do for comfort? What song am I going to play? What tea am I going to make for myself? Am I going to run a bath? Am I going to go get my ass in gear and go out for a jog? Have yourself an emergency plan for when your anxiety spikes and have it written down because guarantee when you're in that state of mind, you're just going to forget and you're going to go and you're going to go straight to the negatives. And then you're going to forget that they were negatives because in that moment, they're going to feel like positives and they're not. So um, that's a big one that I would like to say, start writing out. Um, I also wrote down things like who is important to you? Who makes you calm? Who does not make you calm? And really, like sometimes you just have to take a person, like a picture of a person. Like if you're going through your Instagram and you see a person, stop for a moment. Look at that face. Does that face check in with yourself? Does that face make you feel good? Does it make you feel calm? Does it make you feel rested and safe? Or does that face make you feel irritated or uncomfortable or lonely? Um, your body's telling you something all the time and it, you need to check in with your gut. So again, just little little tips and tricks of things that I've been doing lately that I think you know, I'm still practicing, I'm still working on, but they are starting to make massive differences in my life. And I really, really, really wish I had this knowledge when I was 20, 25 even, because it, it could have saved me from immense amount of years of just letting in toxic bullshit. And I'm done with it. I'm really done with the toxic bullshit. And um, I want to build a community that is is free of that. And I want people to be in this community with me feeling safe and loved and valued and cared for and motivated and inspired. And yeah, I, um, I know that I've, you know, I started this podcast a year and a half ago now, and I really had no idea where exactly I wanted to go with it, but I always knew I wanted it to be based around mental health. And I always wanted it to be also with a theme of athletes and dirt biking, because those are some of the things that like saved me from my deepest, darkest moments. So I hope you guys are okay that I'm going to start doing more on the mental health aspect of things. It might not always be athlete related, but just knowing that this is, this is a community of badass people, women, men, people who aren't afraid to to do the work, to dive in and be uncomfortable and really, really tackle, really tackle the things that many, many people run from. And I want to be part of your community and part of your support team. And so if you guys want to learn a little bit more about my journaling, if you want any tips, if you want to even talk personal stories with me, like off record, I would love to chat. Um, I do hope that I'm going to start up my coaching business a little bit 
and I might even just start throwing out some freebies to get things going. So I love talking with you guys. I love talking with the people in my community and giving my insight and resources and giving you a place to share, just share and be, be safe to be yourself. So thank you guys. I hope this wasn't too much of a ramble and rant. It's um, a little bit of a late night for me right now. I haven't been sleeping very much. Um, good things. I just bought a motorcycle today. Haven't really publicly announced that yet. But um, yeah, it's exciting. So I'm going to jet off this thing and uh, get ready for bed. And everyone have a good night, day, wherever, whenever you're listening to this. Thank you again for listening. Much love and healing. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to the Wide Open Podcast on Spotify and follow at Kayla Louise on Instagram. That's at K-E-L-A Louise and look forward to more episodes.